Hello. Hi. This is Melissa. And this is Kat. We are ill. Yeah, we're not doing great. We are both sick, but <laughs> life goes on. Am I right? We are here for you guys. Yes. I mostly feel better. I just sound crazy pants. So I do apologize for my puberty voice. <laughs> and I just got sick, so it's just hitting me. How <laughs> will sound like this in approximately three days. <laughs> Probably. And I'm working nine days in a row, so it's going to be a really good time. Yeah, this week, this is crazy. I had to work four whole days in a row. <laughs> I hate you. What's it like? Guys, I actually work four days a week because one of my days a week I do this podcast. I edit this podcast and edit our Patreon videos and whatnot. So... Very true. I don't just like not have things to do. <laughs> I don't just have three days off every week. I wish that would be nice. Also, speaking of four days, did you see that? I think it's like Sweden gets testing like a four day work week. Why don't we do that? What's two more hours at work? Honestly, I would work four 10 hour shifts. Yeah. And have three days off. They also have like universal health care and like all of that. So I mean, like they're already doing better than us, but. <laughs> so this week we're here to tell you why sleeping beauty is tragical yes sure is this was melina's pick Woo! melina our beautiful beautiful patron and friend she's the best hey cat you want some fun facts i do so the running gag of Flora and Meriwether arguing about whether Aurora's dress should be pink or blue originated from the filmmakers having the exact same problem and deciding just that. Wait, that's really funny. Yeah, so they couldn't decide. So they put that into the movie. That's hilarious. I love that. In the traditional Italian version of this fairy tale, Sleeping Beauty's name is Princess Talia. In the ballet, she is Aurora. In the German version, she is Briar Rose. Just Briar Rose, no Aurora. The film incorporates both names by having Princess Aurora use the name Briar Rose while undercover. This was the last fairy tale produced by the studio until The Whittle Mermaid, 30 oh, yeah. years later. Mm -hmm. That's insane. Whoa, that's a big jump. Ew. I don't like this one. I'm ready. The prince is named after Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, the husband of Queen Elizabeth II of Great Britain. You mean the one that just died? Yeah. But also, have you guys seen the crown? Oh my God, the tea. The tea. Watch it. Yeah, he's not a good guy. None of them are. No, yeah, no, for sure. I don't like the royal family. I'm obsessed with oh, like, I like the new their one. story. Oh my gosh, Megan, please come on the yeah. podcast. Not that wasn't about you, Megan. Megan, listen. We love you, ma'am. Megan, that was not that was not for you. <laughs> you are an angel. We stand. That was for all the old farts. I enjoy drama, so I enjoy their like story, you know what I mean? I just don't care. A flamethrower was used to create the dragon breath sound effect for the climax of the movie. Many of the elements have been recycled into later films. The best example is The Sword in the Stone, 1963, one of Cat and I's favorite tragical movies. <laughs> that shit is tragical, uh, which reuses opening credit backgrounds, various animation sequences. The two most noticeable are the owl from the forest scene. And the squirrel. No. Who oh. was inspired by 
uh, Merlin's pet, Archimedes, and Maleficent in dragon form, which led to Madame Mim in dragon form. My bitch. It wasn't the same squirrel, I feel like. Yes, it definitely was. You say that was. about every squirrel, I because feel like. Because they're all the same squirrel. <laughs> Cat's obsessed with squirrels. I'm I over actually it. don't like squirrels. Okay, last one. This spinning wheel is seen in Rapunzel's tower in the movie Tangled. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah I guess it is. One barefoot bitch to another. That's all of them. We always link the fun facts in the show notes. Uh, we get them usually all from the Internet Movie Database. Yeah, we do. So this movie opens up with some gorgeous forced credits. Yeah, Melissa goes, maybe she's French. There's fleur de lis <laughs> <laughs> Probably French. She's definitely French. After the forced credits, we see a beautiful book. A book. This one opens up with a book, and it's in a real room with a real candle. Yeah, it's like not animated, which I guess I never really paid attention to because all the rest of them are animated. So when the book opens, it starts with, in a faraway land, long ago. <laughs> I love how it's like the same words basically every time. They just kind of switch up a couple words. <laughs> Some synonyms. And the king, Stefan, and his wife, who is unnamed, I never realized she just doesn't have a name. Her name is the queen. How disrespectful. They have had a baby girl and they named her Sweet Aurora after the dawn. What an angel. I'm named after Sweet Melissa the song. So <laughs> Sweet Aurora, Sweet Melissa. I'm already seeing some similarities here. <laughs> also, during this part, there's like a whole song about baby Aurora. Why didn't Melissa and I know what we weren't doing? <laughs> we didn't really realize we knew what we were doing until it was playing. And we were like, why do we know this? Yeah, the kingdom basically has like a big party for the baby. Imagine just medieval times, bro. Like they were ready to party for just about anything. Literally. So they had just like a banger for Aurora's birth. There's a party at the castle. King Stefan is there with... His wife. His <laughs> nameless queen. Shall we name her? Ooh. Let's Can see. Something medieval-y. Yeah. Agnes. Matilda. She's not a Matilda. Stop that. Like She's Agnes. gorgeous. No, that's my car's name. Beatrice. Ooh, Celestria. Let's go Celestria. Because there's a lot of like galaxies and stars used in this movie. Mm -hmm. Let's go with Celestria. Celestria. Queen Celestria and King Stefan. So King Stefan, which I like to say King Stefan, <laughs> and Queen Celestria, who we've named, <laughs> are on their thrones. And the baby is just, I don't know, 12 feet away in its cradle. Totally unattended, not crying at all. Seems really legitimate. But also, this baby was born like four days ago and it's surrounded by strangers. I'm pretty sure that's not good for the baby. That is why people died in medieval times in their like 30s. Aurora didn't die from pricking her finger. She actually died from the plague. <laughs> for real. At the party, King Hubert and his son, Prince Philip, come up to congratulate them on the baby and bring it a gift. Her. I guess it's her. So Prince Philip gets to look upon the face of his future wife, who is currently a four-day-old baby. Yeah, but he's only like five or six, right? Yeah, but it's just so funny because he literally like makes a face at her like, ew, what in the hell is this wriggling little alien he's thing? Like, look at this crunchy baby. <laughs> it's like, I'm marrying this. Gross. <laughs> so next is the three good fairies. They come down from the heavens from a ray of light. 
And it's flora, fauna, and merryweather. Tag yourself. Oh, I am merryweather all day. I feel like I'm fauna. Merryweather is actually the smartest one in the room no, if you genuinely. really pay attention. Yeah. She is, she's the only one that has any semblance of an idea of what's going on, and she has all the best ideas. So they all are there to give Aurora a gift. So Flora is the first one to give Aurora a gift. And Flora gives Aurora just the greatest gift you could possibly give a child. So useful. She gives her the gift of beauty. First of all, how do you know you didn't just waste your gift that she wasn't already going to be pretty? Well, she gives her hair gold of sunshine and lips that would shame the red, red rose. Amazing. Wow. So she's blonde and wears lipstick all the time. Don't give her, like, bravery or strength or... Intelligence. A strong constitution. Give her beauty. That's really what makes a woman, if you ask me. So useful. Fauna is next. And she gives Aurora the gift of song. At least this one's a talent. At least this is a talent. She can entertain at parties. She can entertain herself when she's alone. Like, the gift of song, I'm not... I'm not too mad at. What is her singing going to do for her? People like people who can sing. I don't know. It's going to make her popular amongst the people. I guess. So next is Meriwether. My girl. And it's really funny because right when Meriwether's about to give her a gift. Which was probably actually going to be a useful gift. That's my thing is what was her gift going to be? Probably like badassery or something like that. She's actually smart. Like archery skill or some shit. Like <laughs> that's no archery's cool. No, I wouldn't want to. I want to want archery to be my superpower from the good fairy. Singing opera and shooting arrows. So Maleficent shows up to the party. She's badass. She's one of the coolest villains like in Disney history, if you ask me. She shows up and she's all upset that she was not invited to the fiesta. She thinks her invite got lost and she's really concerned about it. I think it's a little sarcasm there. She's like, so my uh, invitation got lost and Meriwether's like, no, we didn't fucking want you here, actually. (laughs) Verbatim. Maleficent is super pissed off and she's about to leave. And then the queen is like, oh, so uh, you're not mad at us at all? And Maleficent goes, "Mm, no, actually, I'm not mad. But then I'm going to go ahead and give the princess a gift from me as well. So Maleficent says that little Aurora on the night of her 16th birthday is going to prick her finger on a spinning wheel and uh, she's going to die. She'll prick her finger on the spindle of a spinning wheel. Right. Not on the actual (laughs) spinning wheel. She just gets her finger stuck in there. Gets caught like in a spoke like. (laughs) Hey, if it happens, it happens. Also, why didn't somebody just like tackle Maleficent while she was doing this evil thing? Yeah, I feel like there's some some stuff that could have been done. They just all watched her do it. So the king tries to have the guards arrest her, which is cute because that didn't happen. She just disappears Mm because she is a wizard, a sorcerer, a witch. I don't know what she is. I think they're all I think she's also a fairy, right? Isn't she their sister? Why is she big and they're so small? I think her like evil just like contaminated her. I don't think I would classify Maleficent as a fairy though. She's more of like a sorceress. She has a staff. You know what I mean? Instead of a wand. Nas different. She is sorcerer. (laughs) (laughs) So Meriwether still hasn't given her gift yet. So instead of giving her badassery like she was going to give her, (laughs) she says that if Aurora should prick her finger, she won't die, but she'll be asleep until her true love's first kiss. 
I feel like there could have been a better stipulation there. I know it's a fairy tale, but I, I feel like something something else could have been done. <laughs> she falls asleep for an hour and wakes up. Like, that could have been it. Right? <laughs> I guess the magic was so powerful that the thing that undid it also had to be very powerful. I'm giving the fairies the benefit of the doubt no, here. No, I feel that. I feel that. Like, love is the most powerful thing. So, like, she had to be awoken by it. I get yes. you. All right. So next on the agenda, <laughs> King Stefan decides to burn all the fucking spinning wheels in the palace. In the whole town, the whole village. Bad day to be a seamstress, am I right? Everyone has been wearing the same clothes for 16 years because they quite literally cannot make any other clothing. Cutscene to the fairies having tea and plotting. Flora's first idea, because she's obsessed with flowers, I guess, decides that they'll turn her into a flower until she's 16. And then Meriwether's like, no, because if Maleficent sends a frost like she does every year and kills your flowers and she's just dead. She's like, you're right, you're right. That's too easy for Maleficent to figure out. What the fuck? Maleficent's like, how are they going to save Wara? I think they're going to turn her into a flower. Imagine your 16th birthday and you become a human again and they were like bitch you was a flower for 16 <laughs> years yeah is she like conscious yeah is she aware is, i mean is she a sentient flower i think she's just a flower <laughs> then she just comes back and she's like i'm a human baby oh shit <laughs> So then they decide to be mothers. Yeah, and at this point, they keep calling baby Aurora it. Which I've also done seven times. So I'm sorry, but if you're a baby, like you're an it to me. So they decide to take baby Aurora and they're going to raise her in the wood. They abandoned Woodcutter's Cottage that is um, just outside of the kingdom limits. Flora's like, well, we're going to have to break this to King Stefan, but uh, he really doesn't have a choice. Otherwise, their baby's going to die. But here's my thing. They have 16 whole years before... For, there's literally an exact date. I think it's because she could prick her finger at any time. I'm pretty sure the spell is on the night of her 16th That's birthday. That's when the curse ends. So Maleficent could find her at any time and make her prick her finger. By her, the night of her 16th birthday? By the night of her 16th birthday. It doesn't have to be on her 16th birthday. No, I'm pretty sure it says like on the night of her 16th birthday, she will prick her finger. Because while we were watching it, I was so confused because I was like, they have 16 years before anything happens. Yeah, I don't know. They're just taking precautions, I guess. I think they're just really dramatic. I think they wanted a baby. I think so. So the good fairies abscond with baby Aurora and they wrap her up in a bundle of blankets and sneak off into the night to the woodcutter's cottage. <laughs> yeah, they have to get rid of their wings and be normal size since they're like tiny little fairies. And Flora like steals their wands. Yeah, she takes their wands and hides them so they can't use magic because Maleficent won't be able to find them via their magical properties. They probably could have gone a little bit farther away than the woodcutter's cottage outside of the castle. But That's what I think every time like I feel like they could have gone literally anywhere else like further away so Maleficent is up in her castle in the Forbidden Mountains and she's brooding about not being able to find Aurora for 15 years and 11 months and 29 days something like that approximately and she picked the date bro i don't know why she's so mad about it literally she's talking to her little gremlins and they're like yeah we've we've been searching and we just we just haven't found a baby we checked every cradle in the kingdom and maleficent is like you've been checking cradles and they're like yeah for the baby and she's like you motherfuckers she's a full-grown 
16 year old at this point. She's verbatim. She's 15, almost 16 years old. You motherfucker. She basically kills them all. She's like, smite, 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 yeah. smite. And then Maleficent sends her pet crow, Diablo. She never says his name, but I'm pretty sure that's his name. Is he a crow or a raven? Are they the same thing? I don't know, but he has pink eye, though. <laughs> Not pink eye. That bird needs to see an eye professional. (laughs) There's no reason his eye needs to look like that. He might be a raven. You might be right. I have no idea the difference. Aren't crows like a sign of death? Or are those ravens? I don't know. Both, I'm pretty sure. I don't care. The black bird. (laughs) With the pink eye. The black bird with the pink eye, Maleficent's bird, Mm -hmm. is sent to go find Aurora because he's not an idiot. (laughs) So he's flying around looking for a 15-year-old now. Cutscene. So the good fairies want to make surprises for Aurora's 16th birthday. Are we not going to talk about Aurora opening the windows of the cottage looking snatched as fuck oh yeah her like tiny ass little waist i'm so glad about the gift of beauty now yes queen you want to know why she's that skinny she's a cartoon who cooks who cooks in that house they're eating a lot of berries i feel like that's all they eat that's why she's that skinny is that the aurora diet just berries i'm doing it i'm gonna see what happens what else are they eating my waist is already snatched yes bitch so the good fairies try to distract aurora to get her out of the woodcutter's cottage and they're like oh we need we need more berries go get some more berries and she's like i picked them yesterday and they're like no no no, 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 we, we need more berries go. So she's kind of on to them that they're going to do something. And <laughs> we have to talk about this. You guys, Aurora ain't got no shoes on. I got to get mad at my girl. You know, the bottom of her feet have got to be awful. The soles of her feet are rock hard. She's like a freaking hobbit. I couldn't make fun of Rapunzel and not make fun of Aurora. Like, you need to put some shoes on, girl. Oh, what if she steps on a rock? It's going to hurt. Probably not anymore. She probably doesn't feel it anymore. They managed to get that beautiful dress, but they can't make her shoes. They're wearing shoes, aren't they? Yes. <laughs> You guys could have seen the look she just gave. I'm just mad that they couldn't give Aurora some shoes. Maybe they did give her shoes and she didn't want them. I wish she had some shoes on. Maybe just for her leisurely stroll through the glen, she doesn't care. But by the way, the trees in this kingdom are all cut into squares or triangles or circles, like perfect, beautiful trees. And I love it so much. This is the kingdom I want to live in. The king has money to spend. He's like, you know what? Go make all the trees look like rectangles. Every single tree. Outskirts of the kingdom. Make them square. It's beautiful. It is very cool. So Aurora's walking through the forest, going to pick berries, and she's singing at top volume. It's a good thing that she's not hiding or anything because no one would be able to find her singing as loud as she does. So back at the cottage, Fauna wants to bake a cake because she's never baked before. Okay, listen, what have we been doing for 16 years? You really have had 16 years to bake something and you've just never done it? But that's what I'm saying. They've only been eating berries because no one in that house knows anything about anything. What have they been doing? Picking berries and eating berries? berries that's all they've been doing in this fucking cottage don't get what have we been doing not eating apparently she had 16 years to bake something she could have been a professional pastry chef at this point i'm very mad about it fawn is like i've always wanted to bake and i've never done it girl you had 16 years literally what are we doing i would also like to talk about flora's dress so fauna and meriwether are wearing like period appropriate medieval petticoat dresses and then flora is over here and what did you call it i said 
but she's in her bodycon skirt. <laughs> she's going to the club. It's like form fitted, and like everything else in this whole movie is obviously like a line skirts with like twenty petticoats under them. She has to like shuffle her feet because her skirt is so tight. She looks like a secretary, though. Yes, that's the kind of skirt I'm talking about. Like a sec, literally she looks like, like a, a secretary. flight attendant. <laughs> yes, that is exactly it. So Fauna's baking a cake. She's doing really bad. She just put the whole egg in the batter. We're just gonna go ahead and pretend like we never saw that. She didn't know what a tisp was. Um, but Meriwether corrects her and she's like, that's a teaspoon, idiot. That's what I'm saying, you guys. Meriwether's the smartest person in the room. Correct. Just nobody listens to her. Mm-mm. Next up, Flora is making a dress out of a book and she's trying to follow the directions and she's putting it on Meriwether and Meriwether's like, yo, this looks like shit. And Flora's like, well, that's because it's on you, dear. It's my <laughs> favorite line in the whole movie. Also, she just cuts a hole into the bottom is like, that's that's the where the feet go. Never made a dress before. But also she's literally looking at a book telling her what to do and just completely ignoring every single thing it's telling her to do. Yeah. Throw the book away. And then they all start getting really emotional because they're realizing that they have to bring Aurora back to the castle and they like love her so much and it's so cute. It is pretty cute. So all her moms. Her moms. <laughs> We cut to Aurora in the forest, and she's using her second superpower, (laughs) singing. She's going to sing all day, of course, when the princess is saying all the birds and chipmunks and bunnies and the owl come over, and they're all her friends. They're her only friends in the whole wide world. I mean, she's lived in this cottage with three old ladies for the past 15 years. I mean, she has to have someone to talk to, (laughs) so she picked the wildlife. (laughs) So often. the forest somewhere, Philip hears the singing and he convinces his horse, Samson, who just really wants a bucket of oats, to follow the voice. So they're running really fast trying to get to the voice and Samson gets a little too excited and jumps over a stream, but Philip gets knocked off. So now Philip, our beautiful prince, is just chilling in a stream, soaking wet in his gray leggings and his black top. Honestly, Prince Philip and Samson are the absolute best part of this movie. They're so funny. Back to Aurora. I'm just saying she would be really weird in real life. Do you know what I mean? Like at this point, she's literally lived with three old women and some animals for 15 years. She would not be cool. She's literally uneducated. None of them know how to cook or clean or sew or do literally anything. I mean, maybe she's been like reading a lot. Maybe they got a lot of books in the woodcutter's cottage. Maybe they were teaching her like etiquette classes and dance lessons. She obviously knows how to dance because she danced with Philip later. So maybe there was some curriculum. But I'm saying even if she's educated at this point, she has no social skills. Yeah. She does not know how to act with people. But she turned out all right, I guess, because that's how the story goes. <laughs> she's singing in the forest, doing some more singing, and she tells all her animal friends that she met somebody and they're like, ooh, tea. And she's like, in my dreams. And they're all like, oh, that's boring. 16-year-old Aurora is having wet dreams over here. That is not what they wanted to hear. They were like, ew, lame. We wanted to hear about a real guy. Like, what is she telling these freaking animals about her dreams? Anything she wants because it doesn't matter. It's so weird to me. 
nearby, Philip is stripping down to his bottom layer because he's soaking wet from falling in the stream. Yeah, he is. And the squirrel who's up in the trees sees him and they decide to steal some of his clothes so that they can dance with Aurora. What a good time. They're so sweet. So the owl has the cape around his neck. So he's like floating. He's like a floating head. Mm -hmm. The birds are doing the arm motions. The squirrel is under the hat on top of the owl's head and the rabbits have his boots. It's a move. It's cute. It is cute. And they do a little dance and the owl, he like bows to her. Oh my God. It literally is the cutest thing I've ever seen. I'm so sorry. I'm so lame, but it's so cute. No, it is very cute. And then while Aurora is dancing with the woodland animals, Prince Philip notices and cuts in. He literally hangs the owl with his cape up on a tree and starts dancing with Aurora. Aurora, of course, doesn't notice at first that she's being held by a real person. And I'm like, hello, ma'am, there's hands touching you. The owl doesn't have hands. What are we doing here? And then he finishes her little duet. And this is when Aurora gets a little spooked. Yeah, she's like, uh, you're a stranger. I don't know you and I need you to stop touching me. But he's really nice and he's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to startle you. What a gentleman. What an angel. And he's like, oh, we have met before once upon a dream, which is what she was just singing about. It's so cute. He plays along with her little imaginary storyline. He's also probably very weird. So so they're dancing and then they stop dancing and they walk over to a cliff where they overlook the kingdom and they're looking at the castle. And Prince Philip asks her name and she's about to tell him and then she freaks out and she's like, uh-oh, stranger danger. <laughs> and she starts running away and he's like, when will I see you again? And the this is my favorite line. She goes, oh, never, never. <laughs> what a tease. And then she changes her mind and she's like, actually, you know what? Tonight at the abandoned cottage. Bye. And runs away. <laughs> Cut scene. Back at the cottage, Flora, Fauna, and Merriweather are still trying to bake a cake and make a dress. Uh, the cake is layered, and Fauna says, it'll look better once I bake it, hopefully. And Flora's like, mm, something about that's not right. And then the dress looks like utter shit. It looks really bad. And of course, Merriweather, the smartest person in the room, is like, listen, we need our wands, because this is not going to come together unless we use a wee bit of magic. She's like, we did our 15 in 11 months and 29 days. Let's get the wands out, ladies. Flora grabs their wands, Fauna fixes the cake, Flora fixes the dress, and Meriwether gets to clean the house. She's not happy about it. She gets to mop. Come on, broom. Flora wants the dress to be pink, and Meriwether wants the dress to be blue. So they both keep shooting the dress from across the room, changing it from pink to blue. And then they get into a real battle, and they're just letting magic off. They're just like, pink, blue, pink, blue, pink, blue. And everything that misses is like shooting all over the cottage. And even though they closed all the doors and the windows, they forgot about the chimney. Chimney. So magic is sprouting out of the chimney. Guess who sees it? <gasps> Diablo. The crow, blackbird, raven, bird. <laughs> sees it with the pink eye with pink eye i'm surprised his vision is so well <laughs> so he goes over to the cottage and starts spying on it and they hear aurora coming because she's screaming at the top of her lungs singing <laughs> so they light the candles on the cake and they put the dress on a chair it's a very stiff dress must be heavily starched because it just sits upright and what color is it it's pink but at the last second Meriwether changes it to blue. As it should be. Yeah, I'm team blue dress. I don't team know about blue. you guys. We'll post a poll. Oh my gosh, we're posting a poll. Yes. 
Aurora comes in and they yell, surprise. And Aurora's like, oh my gosh, you guys are the best. This is the best day of my life. Aurora, for a cake and a dress. But then I remember she met the man in the woods and I was like, oh, okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. She also literally ignores the cake and the dress. She's like, yeah, these are great. You guys, I met a man and I'm in love. And they're like, uh, pause, hold on, rewind. (laughs) She doesn't even care about the cake and the dress that they've been slaving away at. I think she does. I think it's just like shock on top of shock though. Like she's so excited tell them her news that she can't get excited about the dress and the cake. Fake. So she's like, I met a man in the woods. He's going to come by tonight. We're going to be married. It's the best day of my life. And they break the news to her. Oh, actually, you're Princess Aurora and you've been in hiding for 15 years, 11 months, 29 days because Maleficent put a curse on you that you would prick your finger on the spindle of a spinning wheel and die. So we've been we've been taking care of you, but you have to go back and be a princess tomorrow and you're already betrothed. So that means man you met in the woods you can go ahead and forget about him and then she throws herself dramatically under her bed and cries harder over a man than i've ever cried over anything in my whole life i've never cried over a man but she is straight up sobbing like girl it isn't you met him for four minutes like approximately 20 minutes ago i think that was medieval times though like the first person you met that was like close in age to you not even just the first man you looked at when you turned 15 you're like husband yikes (laughs) a big yikes So we cut to King Stefan and King Hubert. They are getting faded. They're litty. I mean, they are chugging wine. You know what they say? Scumps. Scumps, bro. Scumps. (laughs) I think scumps is like... Cheers? Cheers in France. Yeah. Fucking weirdos. No, I'm kidding. Like medieval France. It's medieval cheers. Scumps. Scumps. S-K-U-M-P-S. Scumps. I like it. I'm gonna start saying scumps. I know, I like it. I feel I feel it. The bard slash <laughs> assistant to King Hubert. I don't know. He has a lot of jobs. I he hope really he's does. he's also like getting super faded. Every chance he can get, he's also drinking wine. I think he gets the drunkest out of all of them, to be honest with you. He starts drinking it like from his loot. I'm like, all right, bro, go off. I know. I was like, he's drinking under the table. But and then I was like, figuratively, and then later on, literally, because he actually like gets drunk and like hides under the table. (laughs) So Hubert tells Stefan that he built them a castle, Aurora and Philip, and he wants grandchildren tomorrow. And Stefan is like, I haven't seen my daughter in 16 years. Can I like like hang out with her for a day like we haven't even planned the wedding yet and Hubert's, hang out with her for a day. can I hang out with her for a minute Hubert is like no they're getting married like tonight like I want grandchildren tomorrow let's do this yeah King Hubert is a super angry drunk he like threatens to start a war with Stefan because he's like what my son isn't good enough for your daughter and Stefan is like no bro I didn't say that I just said I want to like see my daughter for more than two seconds I haven't seen her in so long and then they start laughing about it because they're drunk so Philip comes by to see his dad at King Stefan castle and he tells his dad that he met a lady in the forest and he's gonna marry her a lady <laughs> he met a nice lady in the forest and also you you shouldn't trust anything in the forest first of all but whatever it was those berries he ate I know. <laughs> he's and hubert is such a pushover for his son it's so funny but he's like no no you have to marry aurora i already built you a castle and philip says it's the 14th century dad I don't have to marry a princess. I'm going to marry a peasant lady from the forest. Get with it. The 14th century. It's the 14th century, for God's sakes. God, Dad. 
King Hubert is like, I guess I'll break the news to King Stefan. He just like is cool with it. Literally almost just started a war with the man because his son wasn't good enough. And now he has to go tell him, oh, by the way, my son doesn't want to marry your daughter. I think it's whatever his son wants. I think that is his pride and joy right there. Good for him. He is really great with those gray leggings on. Yes. I'm a fan. I would agree. So cutscene to the good fairies sneaking Aurora through the entire kingdom from the woodcutter's cottage back to the castle. Now here is my question. If the curse is supposed to end on the night of her birthday, why would they not keep her in hiding until the next day? Why are they bringing her back on the night of her birthday? It literally makes no sense. And I get that it's a fairy tale and it's a story, so we have to move the plot along, but I just need to know why this plan was put in motion this way. Yeah, if they left her at the cottage through the night, past midnight, then she would have been fine. Yeah. Why did they bring her back five hours before midnight? Stupid. Or five hours before sundown or whatever the curse is. Makes no sense. So the good fairies bring Aurora through the castle and then into a room, which I'm assuming is her bedroom. And they sit her down at a vanity and they all use their magic to create her beautiful tiara, place it upon her head. And then Aurora starts dramatically sobbing again. So they're like, all right, we're just going to give her a moment. And they walk out of the room and leave freaking Aurora alone. Y'all still got like three hours. What are we doing here? They're like, let the girl cry. No, uh, protect her. Guard her. So obviously Maleficent just comes in through the fireplace. (laughs) As you should. Turns into a little green orb. And what happens? Aurora gets ensorcelled. Oh my gosh. She gets ensorcelled. I was like, she's possessed by Maleficent or whatever. And (laughs) Kat was like, she was ensorcelled. So Maleficent is a little green ball and Aurora is ensorcelled by the ball. And the green ball of light leads Aurora to the fireplace where the back wall of the fireplace disappears and they walk through it. And this is when the fairies, who are not paying attention to Aurora like they should have been, they can sense Maleficent's magic. And they go into Aurora's room, but it's too late because Maleficent already closed the secret passageway. Aurora is headed up and atop the stairs is a spinning wheel with a spindle on it. The good fairies are trying to get through this secret passageway and they finally figure out how to get through it. And by the time they make it to the top of the stairs, Maleficent is standing there with her big, beautiful cape laid on the floor and she lifts up her robe off the floor and Aurora's already dead on the ground. D-E-D dead. She done pricked her finger on the spindle of a spinning wheel. She would have been in the cottage. She would have been fine. I literally put in my notes, Maleficent shows the fairies her body under her cape. And then this is when it gets really awkward because the kingdom is celebrating. There's literally fireworks and everything. And Aurora's in the top of the castle, like literally KO'd. The (laughs) highest room in the tallest tower. You guys are premature. Just calm down. Get rid of the fireworks. <laughs> and the fairies don't even tell King Stefan or King Hubert what's going on. They just put her up in the highest room in the tallest tower while she's in her eternal slumber. And the fairies decide that since Aurora will be asleep for eternity, that they're going to make everybody sleep for eternity. <laughs> so here's my thing with this super flawed plan. This is probably the part that bothers me the most about this movie. How do they know that the love 
of her life is not there. He could have been put to sleep with everyone else and then they all would have been asleep forever because he would have never been able to kiss her if he was asleep too. Yeah, they really should have gotten a description from Aurora just in case. They're really not good at their job. Yeah, because I mean, everyone is there celebrating. We don't know how far people traveled. Like maybe this man was traveling through the forest to get to the celebration and that's how they met. You know what I mean? It makes no sense. They could have put him to sleep. They're just lucky that Prince Philip wasn't there. Yeah. So Flora, Fauna, and Meriwether are putting everybody in the kingdom to sleep. And Flora is putting King Stefan and Queen Celestria and King Hubert to sleep. And King Hubert does a little sleep talk, just like Kat likes to do in her sleep. Rip. He is like, once upon a dream, my son met a girl in the woods. She is a peasant girl from the cottage. <laughs> He's just like spilling the beans. And Flora comes back and she's like, bitch, what you said? And she's like, that's the song that Rose is always singing. That's the song that Aurora is always singing. They call Aurora Rose, by the way. If you guys don't know, she's Sleeping Beauty, Aurora, and Briar Rose. She got three names. Deal with it. Flora figures it out. Oh my gosh, Aurora actually met Prince Philip in the woods. Crazy. Crazy. That's her love. So now they have to go find Philip. And she's like, oh yeah, he was going to meet Aurora at the cottage tonight for a little birthday banger. And they go to the cottage, but it's too late because... Maleficent was waiting at the cottage for Aurora's love and she caught herself a prince. And Maleficent's like, how funny is this? Aurora met some stranger in the woods and it just happened to be you, Prince Philip. Bait. So Maleficent takes Prince Philip back to the Forbidden Mountain. That's where I want to live. Me too. It sounds fun. So the good fairies get to the cottage and see Prince Philip's hat and they realize that they have to go to the Forbidden Mountain to save him. They're all like, we don't want to go. And Flora's like, no, like we literally we literally have to. We don't have a choice. We have to save him. The good fairies fly to the Forbidden Mountain and they're flying all around Maleficent's castle trying to find Philip. And there's gargoyles everywhere. There's goons everywhere. It's scary there. There was like gargoyles on gargoyles on gargoyles. And I mean that quite literally. They were like stacked. And I'm like, is this like a totem pole of gargoyles? I'm confused by this. Like who made this castle? The gremlins are having a bonfire. Yeah, they're just living their best life having a bonfire and Maleficent's just chilling and she's like I'm gonna go harass our friend in the dungeon right now <laughs> I put the same exact thing in my head. she literally is like mm, let's go bother himself Maleficent goes to harass Prince Philip <laughs> literally what I put in my notes she goes down to the dungeon to brag on Prince Philip. She was like, by the way, that peasant girl you met was actually your fated wife. So that's ironic. But also now she's in a deep slumber for the rest of her life. She's never going to age. I'm going to keep you here until you're 975 years old. And you're so old that you can't even do anything when you get to her and you'll just die before you can kiss her. Which is like 35 in medieval times. So Maleficent's plan is just to hold him until he's super freaking old. So the good fairies were eavesdropping and they wait until Maleficent leaves the dungeon and they decide to spring Philip from his shackles and they give him the shield of virtue and a mighty sword of truth for him to be able to fight his way out of the forbidden mountain. Oh, you mean actually good gifts? Okay. Yeah. Great. He's a man though. So Aurora gets beauty and song. Yes. And Philip gets a sword and a shield. He has a penis, so he gets the good stuff. This is medieval times here. Come on now. Keep up. All right. So Diablo the pink-eyed bird catches them escaping and goes to get all the goons. 
So Maleficent's up in her tower, just like plodding away, I guess, maybe taking a nap, drinking some tea. Who knows? She's not currently in the picture. <laughs> yeah, what does Maleficent do all day? Watches her goons bonfire. She's not hanging out with them fuckers. She was earlier. She was literally sitting above them. She's kind of less cool now. <laughs> She's got no friends. Maleficent, get a friend. God damn. Right. So Diablo goes to warn Maleficent and one of the good fairies turns him into a stone. So now he's just a stone bird. So Maleficent comes out and starts to yell at Diablo before she realizes that he's been turned to stone. And then she gets a little bit upset (laughs) and she starts throwing her magic around. The good fairies are trying to help Prince Philip escape. And there's rocks being thrown on him that they turn into bubbles. There's arrows being shot at him that they turn into flowers. A gate is trying to close on him. They turn it into a rainbow. So basically the fairies are doing all the work yeah he does literally nothing except get on samson and get the fuck out yeah yeah he's like doing his best though we love prince philip i'm not trying to roast him or anything i'm just saying he would have been dead 10 minutes ago if it wasn't for the fairies i think the rocks would have gotten him to be honest so maleficent is standing on her wizard tower because she's a wizard or a witch or a sorcerer whatever you want to call her she puts thorns all around stefan's castle they're so beautiful though aren't they I just feel like there there could have been something else. Yeah, it takes Philip approximately 15 minutes to make it through the thorns. I mean, it doesn't take him very long. I'm sure Samson's in quite a bit of pain, though. His poor little legs are probably all scraped up, but he's Mm going to get the biggest bucket of oats after this. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's going to get 45 carrots. He's retired after this. Maleficent decides that she's just going to head over to Stefan's castle now. So she turns herself into like a firework. She's a cosmos. Like, what are the ones that you light and they spin in a circle really yeah, fast? I don't know, but I know exactly what you're talking about. She looks like a galaxy. Yeah. And she swirls herself over to Stefan's castle. Swirls herself on over. Swirls herself on over. <laughs> By the way, it's literally like a mile away. It's not like it's far. And then she turns herself into a dragon, a really cool ass fire breathing dragon. Mm -hmm. And she lights everything on fire with her dragon breath. She's like, I'm going to make these thorns, but I'm also going to set them on fire. And then her and Philip are doing the battle. And basically we get to a point where Philip is at a cliff's edge and Maleficent is about to back him off the cliff. And he's like, you know what? I'm just going to throw this sword. But before he throws it like a freaking javelin flora is like this sword will hit maleficent in the heart that's like basically the spell she does yeah she says it'll strike true if the fairies weren't here he would have missed he would have missed or like just got her like in the leg or something and she would have been like (laughs) (laughs) what was that she waddles towards him and knocks him off the cliff i wish you guys could have seen like the motion (laughs) she just made She's just going to waddle towards him. She was just going to eat him. If Thor wasn't there, he would have thrown that sword and it probably would have like bounced off her thigh or something. It wouldn't even have done anything. Yeah, probably. Shout out Flora did the most work today. (laughs) Philip throws the sword and it hits Maleficent in the heart and then she falls off the cliff. And this is my favorite part and I don't know why, but like Philip looks over the cliff. There's just a big black mark on the ground with a sword through the middle of it. Like R.I.P. Maleficent. She was a bad bitch. She's just like a burn mark on the ground. Yeah, just like a gross mark on the floor. <laughs> it's so funny. So she's dead. She's this little splat mark on the ground now. Rip in peace. And Philip takes his leggings up to the highest room in the tallest tower. Got his leggings. 
and he plants one on Miss Aurora. She kind of looks a little creepy when she wakes up, though. So the curses are all broken, I guess, all of them, because everybody wakes up. Yeah, how do they wake up? Because she's been woken up. So they they put them all to sleep until she awoke. Got it. And they wouldn't remember. There's so many stipulations. I know. So after Princess Aurora is awoken, everyone in the kingdom also begins to wake up and they all kind of just remember the last thing that they were doing. It's like they were like literally stopped in time. So Hubert is still trying to tell Stefan about how Philip found a peasant girl and it's the 14th century and he's going to marry the peasant girl. And as Hubert is trying to tell King Stefan, Philip and Aurora descend the stairs together. And I would like to say that Aurora is in blue. She looks great. She's hiking that dress up above the knee to walk down the stairs with her beautiful shoesies. She has shoes now. God bless. And then Prince Philip and Princess Aurora share a dance. And the good fairies are up in the balcony watching over the ball. And Flora's like, oh, I know that dress is not blue. So she makes it pink. And then Meriwether makes it blue. And then Flora makes it pink. And Meriwether makes it blue. And it goes on and on. And then they're dancing in the clouds. And then Philip and Aurora dance into the clouds. And the end. The end. This is one of my favoritest movies. Would you like to go first? Oh, right. So I gave Sleeping Beauty an eight. Um, so it's sitting at number 28 for me. So it's under A Christmas Carol, but above Ratatouille. I can't believe this is like in your Ratatouille area. Ratatouille is a seven, though, so it's... You never really liked this movie as much as me, though. I like the art of it, and I like all the other characters. I don't know. It's just it's just not... doesn't sit with me. I gave Sleeping Beauty a 10 out of 10. I'm shocked. Which I don't do often. Mm-hmm. I love this movie so much. I love Aurora. I love Philip. I love the Gremlins. I love Maleficent. I love her little black spot that she becomes on the floor. I love the trees. I love the little galaxy scenes when they're giving her her magical powers and when Maleficent turns into a sparkler and goes over to... I just love this movie so much. I love it. I love it. I love it. This is my number two. Ooh. Right under Hunchback and above Toy Story. I was kind of like, I don't know... If I would put it above Toy Story, but I hate Buzz Lightyear enough that I would put this above Buzz Lightyear. Only above Buzz Lightyear. Everybody else in Toy Story is fine. That's very fair. So Sleeping Beauty is my number two. Woohoo! Are you ready for your hints? Yes. Okay. So this one is a real people movie. It's based on a series of books that I did read. Twilight. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) That would be really funny. It has an all-star cast. Based on books? Mm-hmm. I'm too sick to guess today. And then I'll give you some more hints. It does have a very good soundtrack, and it's a story. Uh, it's kind of like a pauper to princess story. I'm going to I'm gonna feel so dumb, but I, my brain not work today. Do you want me to just tell you what it is? Yeah. Princess Diaries. Oh, my God. That is such a good one. Isn't that such a good movie? The books were fun. I read those books too. Okay. What so is there like nine or there's like there's 11 a ton of, of them. them. I literally have them sitting in our garage right now. They completely derailed from the second movie. I don't know what happened because she marries Michael. I'm just saying. Guys, the second movie has nothing to do with the books. It's a very good movie. Second one is very good. Yes. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I know, isn't a really good one? Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket. You guys thought you weren't going to get a song this week because my voice hurts, but you got it. Okay. Thanks for listening. I'm so sorry about my voice. Wrecked. Ripperoni.
on Patreon for just $5 a month, you can listen to our bonus episodes. We've done Harry Potter 1 and Harry Potter 2. They are <laughs> hilarious. They are hilarious. They're probably my favorite episodes we've ever done, Guys, genuinely. And we also do videos every month. We've just been doing random stuff. This time we're doing a... A book report. <laughs> tragical movie icons. Mm-hmm. So we are going to tell you about Glenn Keane. Yeah, it's very cool. So we're going to just be doing random stuff. We usually do TV shows. Or, what you know, we do whatever the fuck we feel yeah. like, okay? It's our fucking Patreon. Mm-hmm. But they're really funny. They're really funny. And it takes me like 100 hours to edit them, so please join our Patreon. And they just keep getting funnier, so. <laughs> Blessed. Okay, bye. Bye. These opinions are our own and are in no way associated with the film or the film's production company. The cover art for Tragical was created by Johnny the Alchemist. The theme song for Tragical was produced by Ja Reezy. Contact info for both artists can be found on their Instagrams, which are linked in the show notes. Thanks for listening to Tragical. A flamethrower. <laughs> the the flamethrower. <laughs> Dinah! Walk away. She did it. She walked away. He has pink eye, though. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say it again. I laughed at my own joke too hard. <laughs> This will be in the outtakes. <laughs> <Just> heavy breathing. <laughs> I don't know, but he. <laughs> okay, take three. <sighs> they turn off all the lights to surprise Aurora. I guess there's no lights. There's no electricity here. I was gonna say there's just holes in there. Something. Yeah. He's so loud. He is very noisy. It's kind of calming, though. No. I don't know if it's just because I love this movie so much and I watch it all the time and I watch it, like, often, like, to fall asleep. So, like, his cawing is, like, relaxing to me. You listen to that while sleeping, like... <laughs> yeah, that's probably probably really great for my sore throat, trying to call, like, a fucking bird. <laughs> this will be in the outtakes. Hello, guys. Welcome to the outtakes. <laughs> <laughs> just your voice cracking as you call. I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> so that was the gremlins. You're welcome. That okay, was good. We're done here. Tragical. <laughs> <laughs>